listening to the Mondays with Midja podcast. Founder and CEO of Legal Leadership, a company specialising in the leadership training and coaching of lawyers. Get set to jumpstart your week with a shot of mojo as Midja and her guests talk all things life, love and leadership. Hey, it's Monday and I'm Midja and welcome to the podcast all about life, love and leadership. And super pumped today to have a very special guest in our studio here at Mermaid Beach, uh, Derek Cronin from Cronin Miller Litigation. Welcome, Derek. Thank you, Midja. Lovely to be here. Fantastic. So, Derek, of course, before guests come into the podcast studio, I Google them, find out as much as I can about them. But my first question to you is what won't I find out on Google about you? Is there something that you wouldn't mind sharing with our podcast people? Can be small, big, doesn't matter. That's a good one. Well, um, you know, there is a lot about me on Google. Have you? uh, Yes, there was pages. almost like way too much, I reckon, way too much. All right. um, Well, how about this? I am quite an accomplished pianist. And I, I actually that. did, I think it was grade seven or grade eight AMEB. So my, I actually did classical piano, but I can actually play by ear. So you can give me a song and I'll be able to play it. Now that's cool. Yep. So I'm just thinking what bars on the Gold Coast had pianos because <laughs> next time we're out, you're up. No, if I ever give up law, I can just work <laughs> on a cruise ship. I think, you know, be one of those people with the I can scotch see you on, on, the, on the piano. See you and Tom on a cruise ship. <laughs> <laughs> We've been on one. Fantastic, fantastic. So... Derek, what really interests me when I was Googling and stalking you was just your decision to open your own legal practice, particularly at a young age. I mean, I know you're still young now, still (laughs) in the prime, absolutely. (laughs) So if you want to talk to us about, I suppose, what led up to that decision and and the why behind behind starting your own business and your practice. Okay, well, I mean, I'd picked a specialty earlier, early on in my career, which was uh, commercial litigation and Mm -hmm. insolvency. Um, and Tom and I were working in our respective careers in Brisbane. I was a sort of a salary partner at a, at a boutique uh, practice up there. Mm-hmm. Um, and we just found that we were either spending um, the weekends up at the Sunshine Coast where Tom's family lived or, or down on the Gold Coast where I sort of was, you know, really brought up. And uh, so we just, you know, we just made a decision that um, I should uh, have, a, have a go at being autonomous and just setting up on my own and... See and roll the dice and see how it goes. So we sold our little house in Paddington and uh, used some of the equity, which you know Paddington houses were cheap back then, so yeah. it didn't give you that much equity. Yeah, not like you're getting these days from no. Paddington. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I set up in serviced offices in uh, in the corporate centre one there, uh, where a lot of people have started their careers. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, I, I thought, well, if the phone rings and I still get to earn my you know my baby partner salary. Um, then I'd be happy. And, mm-hmm. you know, we ended up, I think, doing three, maybe four times that in the first year. Wow. So the phone definitely rang and it rang sort of loud and, and quickly. So so it's sort of been uphill from, the, you know, it's all it's all been a, a great journey from there. So that was 2006. Okay. You know, and we've got 12 lawyers now and, um, you, know, uh, we, you know, I couldn't be happier basically with how it's all panned out. Mm-hmm. So what was it that you think made the phone ring? I think that for me, it, well, I'm a, I, you know, I'm a, if I say so myself, I'm a fairly good networker, mm-hmm. um, as I know you are, and um, I, th- I think that um, b- 
being approachable and um, being someone who um, people would, would easily c- uh, communicate with, you know, pick up the mm-hmm. phone and ring me and say, well, I've got a problem. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I'm guessing I'm, I'm uh, a pretty good listener as well. So at mm-hmm. the end of the day, um, it's that approachability, I think, that really um, makes it easy for someone to give me a call. And, so, and, and even if it's not within my specialty, you know, if it's uh, family law or crime or conveyancing or anything, I'm still happy to talk and, and mm. give my tips on how I would deal with any given problem, you know? Absolutely. And so I know in your family, Derek, that you have doctors. So there's, a, there's a medical side of the family. There's a, there's a legal arm to the family as well. Why law for you? Mum said, honey, you can be whatever you want to be <laughs> as long as you want to be a doctor, a lawyer, an architect <laughs> or an accountant. <laughs> And, They're your choices. Uh, we've got no architects in the family. No. We've got a lot of doctors and a lot of lawyers mm-hmm. and a lot of uh, and a few accountants. But yeah, so I mean, it's uh, it's funny, isn't it? Um, there seems to be a lot of us, and we all seem to have pretty um, stressful jobs, basically. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. And so, you know, running your own firm, yes, and being a leader of that firm, um, and you know, being a salary partner and, and obviously working in other firms leading up to that. Talk to me about great leadership and what for you makes a great leader. Look, in, in my career, I've seen leaders that aren't so great um, in, mm-hmm. in the legal profession as well as uh, leaders that I think are. And I've also been on boards and co- um, community organisations. Mm-hmm. So I've seen a lot of um, leaders. Um, I think really that a good leader for a start, needs to lead by example. Mm-hmm. And I think it's very important that the leader shows that they're prepared to get in, roll the sleeves up and actually be part of the solution mm-hmm. and be a big part of it. Yep. Um, and I think that uh, on top of that, you have to understand the people around you and all of the moving parts around you so that you can adapt to that and you can um, you get the most out of your team by understanding more about what their needs are, mm-hmm. you know, when, and when you're trying to deliver. And you've also got to be true to your mantra and you've got to make sure that you keep people on the mission and and also that they have an understanding of what you're trying to achieve. So you've got to communicate that to the team mm-hmm. and you have to reinforce that. You have to make sure that they're understanding what is what is expected and, and what, what the firm's trying to achieve, you mm-hmm. know. And what's been... For you personally, in in leadership and the challenges that you've had, talk me through about some of those challenges for you personally. Maybe we, we, we sometimes we have a segment called leader shit, which is the shittiest right. thing you've done as a leader. But you know, things you've done that you're like, oh, I wouldn't be doing that again. Learnt my lesson. Yeah, I, I think um, sometimes. You, well. Personally, I mean, I, I tried to sort of if I if I make a mistake, I you know, and, and everyone does. I think you've really got to learn from it. Mm. Um, I think I've been in situations where I just think I know the answer, and I just want to go straight to the answer. And I think that a lot of um, lawyers have a habit of doing that. Um, <laughs> We're good at knowing the right answers yeah. and giving advice. So, some one of the things I like to challenge myself is to try and consider different viewpoints and to um, understand that more. In, in the legal environment, when I started, in, you know, in the 90s, there was a lot of inequality. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there was a lot of, um, I, I think, bullying and bad behaviour and just general uh, workplaces that no one would be particularly proud of. Yeah. Um, you know, my old partners, they, 
refused to have artwork because just they thought, oh, well, that's a waste of time. You know, why would anyone want artwork in an office? <laughs> and so as soon as I moved <laughs> into my own office, uh, we got very, you know, artwork that actually just up the road at 19 Karen, they, they, there's yep. that nice plug, 19 Karen <laughs> pro- provides great artwork. Yep. Yeah, certainly I remember um, uh, a friend of mine in university went for a job interview, you know, like one of the grad interviews after university at one of the big law firms up in Brisbane and she walked into the interview and said something about the view because they were in waterfront place and it was a beautiful view and she said oh you know lovely view you have here and one of the partners got up and shut the blinds (laughs) (laughs) and she thought "Uh oh I don't think I'm going to get this job but some of those sort of tactics and things you know I've got my own stories and and I'm sure you do as well of some things that went on that you're like, wow. Like yeah. we wouldn't have that today in workplaces. Well, I mean, one, one of the partners, um, a family law partner from one of the, you know, the original firms I worked at um, was very adamant that you needed to be the first in the office and the last out of the office. And mm-hmm. I think that's completely got it backwards these days. And I think if there's, you know, we've learned a lot of things from the pandemic. Mm. But one is that the flexibility of time and people's ability to improve their work-life balance by simply having that uh, flexibility. Mm-hmm. And what's more, um, seeing how we change our processes to monitor and um, and review and and uh, deal with um, people working from home, what you understand quite quickly is that some people are far more productive mm. when they do have that environment. Absolutely. And in fact... The majority do. So I, I think that's something that's been, you know, really interesting over the last um, year or two. Absolutely. And so sort of leads on because I wanted to ask you sort of twofold. Let's do the first part first, which is what do you look for when you're certainly hiring lawyers and recruiting lawyers? And secondly, when you're promoting or looking at lawyers that you feel might be able to step up into uh, a leadership position within the firm. What what are you looking for personally? So our our mission statement at the firm is that we provide quality legal services that clients understand, value, and appreciate. So mm-hmm. that's your starting point. Yeah, is your mantra that. right? Yeah. And because if you then are looking at building a team that is focused on that, then you could have any combination of lawyers that have different skills that will bring different things to the table. And I think the days of thinking that there's some cookie-cutter approach to people or how it is that you'd, um, you know, find the right person, so it's, you know, it's not uh, – I, I don't think there's any real science to it. You can try and hedge your bets by saying, oh, well, you know, we'll focus on these skills or those skills. Yes. But I, I really think you've got to have an open mind going into an interview – Focus on what your mission is, and then just mm. and then see whether whether that person fits what your what you have in mind. Because I guess you've I know leading teams. I've had some surprises where I think I'm not sure about this person, and they end up being amazing, and vice versa. Yeah. Where I've I've thought, oh yes, and then I'm like, oh no. Yeah. So open mind is is absolutely, but that connection with vision and mission and purpose. So that that core connection. But then from a skills um, yeah. basis, we want diversity and, and different thinking and different skills. Exactly. I think um, focus on a skills matrix, if you know, that, that often is something that you need to do. And I also firmly believe that we need to focus on 
um, equality and diversity, and I and I you know we really champion that at our office, and we mm-hmm. you know try to um, you know have that as a, as a as a key issue for us as well. And then, if we flip that, what do you think lawyers, particularly if we look at um, I was actually at. Um, your university, Bond University, speaking a few weeks ago to students there. They were sort of second or third year. But what are law students or or law graduates looking for from their law firms, from from legal leaders, from the profession, from their careers? What are you hearing? That people want. Yeah, now. so I'm I'm on council at Bond Uni, and I spend a bit of time down there, mm-hmm. and um, and I think that um, you're what they call a Bondi, isn't it? I'm a Bondi. Yeah, <laughs> I yeah. looked. I saw that. I'm one of the that original term. Bondies. So absolutely, and I the saw oldest that. and the oldest Bondies. <laughs> um, no, I um, I think that um, these students today are so much more accomplished and um, spend a lot of more time doing. Um, extracurricular activities and they just seem to have these resumes that are just amazing that you just go, oh, my goodness, where did they come from? Um, so I, th- I think they actually want a lot more than just um, a nice desk and some work to do, you know, <laughs> during business hours. Yes. So we really try to um, make sure that we're, a, well, A, giving them the time to pursue those other interests mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, we've got a lot of our young lawyers that are invo- engaged with, say, YPGC or other, other sort of community organisations. Um, but also um, I think what they need is to feel that they're appreciated and I think they, and they, they also need to um, obviously get fee- feedback, regular feedback. Mm-hmm. This is one that you often hear about um, young lawyers and what they're, they're really wanting. Mm. And there's... Obviously, a lot of choice uh, for students now and, and those, you know, finishing up their law degree, whether they go into practice law or doing something different. And, yeah, of course, it's individual, like different lawyers, different law graduates will want different things. I always tell them, you know, there's probably a place for everyone and a law firm yeah. and a leader for everyone. But uh, certainly my advice is always... Have a good look at the leader, the person you're going to be reporting to, yeah. and what people say about that person. Um, yeah. Because and the law firm reputation is one thing, and some of the big law firms, yeah, look great on the resume. I agree with that. But your day to day interaction is going to be with yeah. your leader. That's right. And <clears throat> I also think um, it doesn't, you don't need to be in the top six firms or whatever to have a great career. I think. Mm. Um, look, we're in, in a media studio at the moment here and I just think, well, you know, wouldn't it be great to go into an in-house role where you start, you know, at, at a particular um, company that, you know, you actually start as in-house counsel and I think yes. probably um, it'd, it'd pay early for graduates to think more about what they truly want to do career-wise because law is a really broad mm-hmm. um, subject <clears throat> and ultimately uh, law graduates can then find a lot of satisfaction being involved in in-house and so that's something to consider as well. Yeah, absolutely. I was um, actually speaking to a few members of uh, the QLS. Is it the is it the Young Committee? What are they calling themselves? That YPGC? Uh, no, the QLS, the new Young oh, yeah, Lawyers Early, Com- early Career Lawyers, yeah. yeah. I was speaking to them just about the options 
that are available and particularly some of my clients are, are in-house uh, and love it. And uh, particularly when I started practising law a long, long time ago in the 90s, it felt like your options were limited. You know, yeah. go, join a law firm, become a partner. That yeah. was that was the goal. Partnership was the goal and yeah. that was it. Um, but certainly now... Um, different career paths offering, as you said, different um, experiences even outside of the firm. And I know your firm uh, does that really well. Yeah, and I, I also think that um, we have lawyers whose career goal is not to be a partner. But that having said that, we've got, you know, career guidelines which are mapped out for those who do want to go up the, par- you know, the partnership ladder and you know, we're very focused on creating an environment where there's not a glass ceiling. So mm-hmm. people people can have that path to partnership relatively effectively if they want to, you know? Yes, yeah. But, yeah, some people like to walk the dog and, and just be in there, you know? <sighs> Absolutely. And, be, uh, and, and get to a point where they um, don't really want to take equity or they don't, mm-hmm. you know, and that's fine. That's fine. Mm. Not everyone has the same, you know, Thank goodness. Desire. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, I, I I became a partner early, and so what I what I realized early was that um, I actually like the practice management side of things, and I mm-hmm. actually enjoy that quite a bit. Yeah, probably a lot more than a lot of other um, managing partners. You know. Yeah. Um, so for me, that was I. I really um, I started small, but I really felt that um, I got really excited about that early, so that it made it easier because you were um, keen on it. You know. Absolutely. And I think that's that's something to kind of figure out about yourself and have that awareness about yourself. Like for me, I, I, I think I was on the tools practicing maybe three years. Maybe I practiced law for three years right. and went, oh, not sure. I'm meant to be a lawyer. Uh, but loved, like yourself, the, the practice management. I loved the, the people side of it um, and and growing leadership and capability in people. And I thought, well, I can still do this in yeah. the law firm. Um, so absolutely finding that. And again, I have lawyers. When I'm talking about leadership for lawyers and banging on about that like I always do, I always have some lawyers go, I don't want to lead people. Like yeah. I love the practice of law. And I'm like, fantastic. Yeah, like true. Not everyone has to be people leaders. Not everyone has to be out there doing that. Um, certainly that technical space and being an exceptional leader, a yeah. highly technical leader, is a wonderful career path and, and choice for a lot of lawyers. Did you find when you were doing, when you were on the tools, as it were, that... Hey, this is my podcast. Oh, Jared. sorry. <laughs> no, you but I'm saying, when, did you feel that... Um, you know, it was the type of law. Like, see, f- for me, um, I think that um, commercial litigation. I mean, and I'm biased, but um, is a bit of a gift because you know every client has a different problem. Mm-hmm. There's no, there's not. It's not really process driven. There's a lot of different ways you can deal with a you know particular problem. Mm-hmm. And then more recently, kind of my focus has been on mediation. We kind of set up a mediation centre while during the pandemic and I became a nationally accredited mediator and so then I've been able to pursue that as a kind of a side interest. Right. And so I guess my point is, well, um, I th- also think within your career you can actually change tack or focus on, you know, particular areas of specialty that are slightly different or, or slightly aligned to what it is that you're, you know, spending most of your time doing anyway. So 
Yeah. No? Absol- well, yeah, I think so too. I, I think so too. I, I often love that phrase of, you know, you're not a tree, move. You know, so like movement within the same firm, movement within your area of law, but um, looking at a different way to practice that, a different um, range of clients, whatever it might be. Um, but certainly if you want that variety, you can do that. Absolutely do that in a, in a legal career yeah. and finding that for yourself, finding that magic for yourself. Okay, Derek, so what next now for you? So what's on the horizon? What are you working on? Some goals for you right now personally? Yeah, so I'm, you know, I'm, I'm always trying to push, um, push myself, but for the moment um, I'm, as far as the work's concerned, mm-hmm. I'm just happy for us to continue with our strategy towards sort of um, controlled growth, if I can call it that. Mm-hmm. Um, we do have a sort of a mini office in Brisbane and I think we probably need to um, expand on that. I don't think we have huge aspirations for being national or anything like that. I heard some of the team want that at James Street in the Valley, that other office. Too. Yeah, yeah, probably. <laughs> they probably want it. Been There's some a certain misfits. hotel that's frequented yes, up there. Yes, uh, And uh, so I'm still on council at uh, Bond Uni and I, I really enjoy that role. And um, so, I, you know, we, we have to uh, retire um, at a certain point and I think I have mm-hmm. to do that. I think it might be next year, but... Um, there's a lot going on. We've, we're building a new building um, for Allied Health, um, which is over uh, near Seabus Stadium. And um, so that, okay. that's a $45 million building, which is very wow. exciting. Mm-hmm. Um, and just generally um, get out travelling again. And um, yes. so Where's I the first place you're going to go? I'm going to Europe in late June. Uh, that's all locked in. And then I'm going to a friend's wedding in Jamaica in November. So there's a lot of wow. travel to plan. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to that. That's cool. That's cool. And yeah. what about some of the uh, community work that you do, Derek? What's happening in that space? Yeah, so I still keep an eye on um, Gold Coast Project for Homeless Youth and, um, you know, I, they're still doing well and um, I'm keen to see that succeed. With um, I'm on the I'm honorary solicitor at Northcliffe and we've just finished some renovations there, so... They're looking great. Yeah, so everyone come to Northcliffe, please. Yeah, it's Because um, it, it's all done up now. It looks absolutely amazing. Love that. Yeah. Love that. Okay, so some work and some play with some travel yep. as well. Um, you know, this podcast is also, of course, about love, Derek. Right. And I don't know if you know this, but I'm looking for big love. Okay, well, I found my love <laughs> in a gay bar in Brisbane in the late 90s. It may not work for and, me. <laughs> and, and, I've, and I've stuck with him now for 25 years. So, And we were married in 2018 at Bond, which was lovely, wow. at the Obedience okay. School of Architecture. We had 160 people on one table all through that big um, architecture school. So that was amazing. The, the, the secret to your secret. lasting love with Tom Derek? He will say tolerance is what okay. he would say. <laughs> um, no, I think, um, I think really it's um, humour, um, just being able to appreciate you know, the, the differences. And, yeah, so I've, we've definitely had a very good relationship um, and we're very lucky. I think we're very lucky. But um, I also have been known to, um, you know, I wouldn't say be a bit of a flirt, but certainly be uh, <laughs> just <laughs> just be friendly and have a smile and always look at the bright side. 
So yes. I'm more the accelerator. He's more the brake. I'm more... Yes. Yeah. Derek's I'll often go. chatting to, to men that I would like to be <laughs> chatting to at a bar. And I'm like, I'll oh, just go over. Just come up. I, sometimes I do. I just like, I'm just going to just squeeze in on, on Derek here and say good day. Yep. Um, so love advice, Derek, because I've been single for a long time okay. and I've, I've had fun being single, but I feel like it's been like six or seven years. And now I'm like, okay, it'd be nice now. I'm ready. I've played. I'm ready. Yeah. Uh, advice for the single people out there I, and I finding just love. Be up, just be up for it. Uh, you know, put yourself out there and take a bit of a punt and mm. just get put yourself – what we used to say about marketing is that sometimes you just need to be in front of people. Yes. So I, I'm not really and, – and I'm a pre-internet relationship, so I don't really have any knowledge about apps other than what I see on other – It's not it's I, not I, I, I ask apps. if I can play on other people's apps. But <laughs> yes. <laughs> then they get really upset if I've <laughs> – what is it? Swipe right yes. to the wrong Some one. people grab my phone and they just keep swiping right for like 50 or 60 people and then you get like yeah. a lot of messages. And, you know, and try to – well, what works for us is splitting up our roles. You know, I, I say he's a household and I'm admin and I'd say, <laughs> well, the microwave's broken so that's – that's the kitchen so that's household. And you go, it's under warranty so that's admin, Derek. <laughs> I love that. I love that. Everyone knowing their role um, – and yeah, and that patience. Well, piece it works. As well. It works in our case, like, yeah. not for everyone, but it works for us. Absolutely. All right. Well, I'm going to continue to put myself out there. I think the pandemic really Why don't shook you us. Come to Mykonos when we're going. Oh, you know, and, I, and you we'll, know, I love a gold chain. And we'll find you an international. How about that? Yeah. My my kids keep saying to me that because I'm having a trip to Nashville with Carolee in October. Right. Carolee Fontanelli. Uh, a mutual friend so of one ours. Of the, a dozen things that she's doing this yes, month, is it? Absolutely. And the kids are like, if you bring a cowboy home from Nashville, Mum, we are not going to be happy. But I, yeah, I, f- I feel the overseas thing could work for me. Well, it worked for Nicole Kidman, didn't it? She was, Ab- she's happy. Absolutely. I, we could be next door to, <laughs> to Keith and Nicole. Love that. Um, well, thank you, Derek. It's been an absolute delight. Um, couple of things to wrap up. Firstly, I we always have a bit of woo-woo at the end of our podcast. Uh, this I looks mean, ominous. I'm, I know, I'm a lawyer, but I'm a little bit woo-woo kind of universe messages. And so I have these little cards and you kind of pick a card and open oh, it. And that is, that is the message that you need to hear right now, Derek. Right. Okay. Now I have two boxes today. I have different boxes. So I have Carpe Diem or Trust Your Crazy Ideas. Which box Ooh, are you going to pick from? I'm going to go Carpe Diem. Carpe Diem. Okay. And I'm going to spread these out and see which one Derek picks. Right. This is all very random. I know. It's the universe's way. Open the, Pop that open at the front. It's like a fortune cookie without the cookie. What does it you'll say? You'll need to read it. Okay. <laughs> No, none of us can read it because we don't have our glasses. I seriously, I see, I've got the giggles. I seriously can't read. So it literally says buy a set of glasses and wear them. We're both so vain <laughs> we won't wear our glasses. I can't, I'm going to have to, Jay's going to have to come, to uh, our, uh, our wonderful person, producer. our producer in the studio here. Jay, what does it actually say? Drum roll. One today is worth two tomorrows. Benjamin Franklin. There you go. One today is worth, worth two, two tomorrows. tomorrows. Okay. 
What do you think about that, Derek? Any any, uh, any um, thoughts around that? Might be Bitcoin. <laughs> might be Bitcoin. <laughs> <laughs> it might be about Bitcoin. I love it. I love it. Um, where can people um, hunt you down, Derek? Find out more about you, yes, so, about the firm, okay. all of that. Okay, so www.croneandmiller.com.au. The type of work you do? Uh, yes, so it'll, it'll have um, information there for all kinds of things that we do. Mm-hmm. But generally, we'd like to say, well, we, we resolve business disputes. Mm-hmm. And so that can include insolvency and, you know, there's been a few high-profile um, insolvencies that we've been involved in okay. lately, including uh, Condev Construction, which has been keeping us busy. Um, but basically, we're there to help solve any kind of um, business-related dispute. Mm-hmm. Fantastic. So check out our website. Um, and, of course, if you ever want to pick up the phone mm-hmm. and just give us a call, I'm, I'm always at the other end. I'm always at the other end of the phone. Love that. Love that. Thank you so much, Derek. I'm still chuckling about us not being able to <laughs> read that card. Um, thank you so much for your time today. Thanks for coming down to the studio. It's been an absolute pleasure. I really enjoyed um, it, Midget. Thank you so much for having me. It's been a real pleasure. Yay. So for all of you out there, please enjoy your week. Go out there and sprinkle your magic in life and love and leadership. I'm Midja and thank God it's Monday. We trust you enjoyed this episode of the Mondays with Midja podcast. Host Midja Fisher is a leadership expert, keynote speaker, coach and facilitator. To find out more about Midja, visit midja.com.au or follow her on Instagram, Midja Fisher. And make sure you subscribe, share and leave a review.